India Charts the truth about the markets India Charts publishes Nifty Daily daily video updates the weekly Elliott Wave outlook and the long shot report covering all asset classes a very happy samvat 2079 to everyone now i would have recorded a youtube video earlier this week i really wanted to but a severe cough and cold caught me off guard so it's actually easier to record a podcast and couple of different things to discuss this new important information coming out right after expiration i'm sure you'll have guessed what i'm going to talk about first is the complete covering of shorts by FII so their position is now gone from short to long a net uh, close to 20000 contracts long from uh, you know what was uh, almost 60000 contracts short a day or two ago and that means they've sort of given up the entire hedging position in the market now what does that really mean now in the near term of course it means if you're not short you're probably bullish or you do not have any short signals technically remember FII positioning is extremely short term in nature it's not a long term indicator of trends Uh, for that you really have to see the cash market and in the cash market they remain consistent sellers in general and so of course the amounts vary sometimes it's big sometimes it's small so it's pretty much directional and we don't know whether that selling is really because of etf outflows more related to global equities or anything which is country specific so uh, the longer term call based on that becomes difficult uh, what is useful though is the short term long shot data of fis in really understanding their positioning and even when i mentioned it few weeks back you know after i returned from switzerland that there's a short positioning it was fairly debated that you know maybe this time it won't work or maybe there's a lot of arbitrage position but net net when i think of it data is data even if it's arbitrage imagine there are shorts in singapore and you're arbitraging it with longs and then shorting in india you're sort of transferring the short position and so when when a position shows up it's a position you know and and then we don't really want to get down to what is behind it and a conspiracy theory we study it as it is if this is what worked the last few times this is what should work now uh, there can always be a failure of data uh, but i found that when you compare combine it with elliot wave analysis then the accuracy uh, accuracy level is relatively high or very high and so that's what we ended up doing each and every time and this time as well so as we you know dipped from 17300 to 17000 Uh, the positioning was high enough for me to think that no, we are not going to fall to new lows, but we are going to go higher, and we've touched eighteen thousand since then. Now, question is, what happens next? Because we have already retraced seventy-eight point six percent of the entire fall that we had actually seen since the top in September. So, September uh, fall retraced seventy-eight percent. Are we done here? Can we still make new highs? Now, the market can jive around for a few days, up and down. The main reason for this kind of expectation is that we are getting into an event week or event weeks, I should say, because first you're going to have the Fed next week, second and third, uh, first and second, I think, really making the announcement on policy rates. So second night, I think they should be making that announcement, and Thursday morning it will have an impact on our markets. The expectation, of course, remains at seventy-five basis points rate hike. Nothing has changed there. The surprise or positive surprise would be if they actually. do a lower hike in terms of only doing 50 basis points now there's no particular reason why they should or shouldn't do that because uh, things like gdp data or employment data hasn't really changed so much for them to change their uh, current stance but of course they can always say that you know we want to continue with rate hikes but want to slow down the pace of hikes that we are really doing so 
that would really be one of the positive potential you know stimulants for the market in the short term but like i'm saying that is an unlikely event based on the commentary so far the next immediately following that is going to be the midterm elections in the us uh, i'm not sure how directly that impacts markets but the whole expectation is you know fed staying a little put in terms of around the election would they really make any big announcements or any changes in plans they would probably want to stay on course of what they are saying without really disturbing sentiment too much so that's sort of uh, what might be the, be the case in fact some of this bounce back in us equities was based on you know the seasonal trends and also the desire maybe of uh, politicians that you know markets remain stable and so no new commentary on the negative side really showing up data points mostly remaining uh, the same uh, but will his win or loss in the us uh, electorate uh, the midterms uh, really make any difference technically it would if it was india because usually if you lose one house then passing new bills uh, is a problem and i think the same problem is also faced by the united states to what extent the markets will react to that type of event needs to be seen uh, but these events will be done by mid month and so that is where the markets are getting a relief rally into the event because they had been quite negative prior to that but if the fed is going to remain on the same trajectory that is higher rates and at a faster pace into the months ahead then the risk of downside still remains open because higher rates would again keep the dollar strong as it has been for all this while bond yields will continue to you know eventually rise of course right now i think the bond market is pretty oversold and was due for a bounce we've seen a slight bounce in the bond market yields have come off a bit but not yet significant i would really expect a multi week kind of a reversal before yields rise again because a very very oversold reading uh if you just plot the bond price which is what i did the rsi was down to some 26 or something uh which is an extreme low reading very very rare you don't find it historically and so if you are that oversold there's always room for a kind of pullback uh, what will trigger that kind of pullback is what uh, we are not able to know right now because there is no fresh commentary so any change in commentary any kind of lightning upon future rate hikes or you know even a statement that this is what we are doing now but you know future uh, hikes could really depend on you know the changing data and infl- or inf- saying that inflation has peaked any slight change in the hawkish tone would really allow for that bond market rally and once that happens then you will probably see other risk assets also follow along so that is uh, that is uh, the uh, bullish possibility but like i said they haven't really said anything on those lines so far which is why uh, we have to remain you know prepared for the Uh, actual outcome based on what we already know which is that they will continue with this rate hiking cycle into uh, next year and uh, doing that would continue to have a negative impact on us earnings in fact us earnings so far uh, for whatever companies that are reported x energy uh, reporting around minus 25% earnings growth and with energy around minus 3% so sort of flattish mostly because of gains in the energy sector uh, and that's because oil prices have been elevated in between and so energy stocks have probably done better than others but we have seen a big decline in commodity prices specifically base metals and so on uh, but the us metal index hasn't done as badly as the indian metal index did in between or some of the stocks did in between now many of them have bounced back and i was probably hoping for a near term rally with the dollar fall but the dollar fall has really not instigated that big a rally in base metal prices so far and so again i wonder uh, yes we did have an oversold condition they've consolidated for a while will they bounce more and so i think uh, the next week now because you are heading into events 
I would like to back off from some of my earlier calls and actually watch what the market does now. It's been a good ride from 17,000 to 18,000, but now at 17, 800, 900, can we really? Yeah, you know, reverse course. Can we get another sell signal on the momentum indicators because the FII shorts are squeezed out, and that's something to watch out for. You know, are we going to follow the same bear market cycle where shorts exist, then they get squeezed, then you fall again, or are we going to go to a bull market cycle where you know longs persist and then buying resumes? Now, if, of course, in the cash market, we can't see that kind of buying from FIs yet. So they haven't changed their heart as far as long-term investing is concerned. Probably those flows, like I said. Are impacted more by what happens in the global equity markets. So what we are really looking for is a peaking of the dollar and a reversal in the trend for the dollar. You know, having a longer-term positive impact on equities and various risk assets. But as long as inflation remains the central problem, uh, central banks will probably uh, not allow that kind of reflation to really happen because it would really risk getting inflation rearing right back into their face, and that's not something they want to deal with. Now another data point which uh, has been discussed a lot, and we uh, I think Jay and Muskan discussed it in the midweek outlook for India charts on the YouTube channel, which is the yield curve. Now yield curve is interesting, and the inversion in the yield curve also. Uh, but when I listen to you know the hardcore practitioners, they say don't look beyond the two and ten. That has been the only one that you should watch. But uh, people have started to look at multiple different inversions, looking for you know new forms of evidence as to what really. Has the final impact on you know the recessionary outcome uh, playing out, and the only reason they are doing this, I'll tell you, is that uh, between now and uh, you know various previous occasions that we've seen, at least between the uh, late 1980s and uh, up to maybe 2020, uh, any inversion which was which was uh, you know slight, you know up to 100, 200 basis points, and you got. Uh, a recession within six months, you know, so you didn't really have to look beyond the two and ten spread, and also, so you didn't get deep inversions. Okay, and this was not an inflationary period, so you mostly had a disinflationary trend in, uh, you know, prices of uh, most goods and services because of productivity increases, and therefore you didn't deal with an inflation problem, and you didn't have to get deep uh, yield curve inversions. So it's been slight inversion, then again, uh, and and the recessions usually and the big stock market sell-offs actually came. Uh, not on the inversion, but actually when it starts steepening again. So you watch for the inversion, then you watch it steepen, and the point at which the curve starts to steepen, which is sort of when uh, markets fall and then yields also start falling, which is the risk parity trade or money rushes out of the risk assets into safe haven assets. That has been the turning point. Now this time around, because inflation has reared its head, interest rates are still being advanced at a time when equities are falling. Or rather, we should say equities are falling because interest rates are being raised, and therefore you have a situation where bond markets and equities both are falling together. And so, uh, in an inflationary environment, you haven't reached the point where bond yields start to drop or money starts moving out of you know equities to bonds. And whoever tried that actually lost money in both ways. And so, net net, when you look at the yield curve, it has inverted to a level highest in say twenty years or twenty five years. You know, so you've got now an inversion which has not been seen. Since the pre-1980 uh, era, and that was essentially an inflationary era. So that is where uh, it becomes more comparable. So if you really want to compare how yield curve movements occur right now, uh, you really have to go all the way back to the 1970s, which was another inflationary era. And that time, uh, the spreads actually went much higher—400, 500, 600 basis point spreads have been seen between the two and tens, and so very, very different dynamic uh, to understand. Uh, you know, compared to what you have seen after. Uh, the uh, 1980s or mid 1980s, and so 
the thing is that you can get deeper inversions before you really see steepening cycle and uh, therefore you'll have to at some point of time you might not be able to base your case based on recent relationships that we've all become so very very used to so what you want to really watch out for is that see even even uh, at the point of recognition and this is this is what where the business cycle uh, theory comes in that at the point of recognition of a recession it's possible that bond yields peak out and start falling because the fed would then finally recognize and say yes we are in a recession and now we need to cut rates and bond yields start dropping and the dollar starts to peak out but that might not necessarily be the point where equities peak because if you go back now and see uh, similar cycles both 2000 and 2008 simply cutting rates did not do the job so cutting rates was not enough to uh, you know stem the market decline that market continued to decline till at least five to six rate cuts were really done you know multiple rate cuts it took up to six i think before markets responded to the positive side of things and then after that maybe the economy actually started to turn and markets picked up uh, what was more stimulative though uh, in the post 2009 era was the quantitative easing programs where you actually injected liquidity and that drove up asset prices so if you right now we are in quantitative tightening even if you go into a rate cutting cycle and you're still tightening uh, what would be the impact on markets so markets might continue to behave like in previous cycles where Uh, the first rate cut doesn't really do enough beyond a one two day three day one week kind of market rally in the hope that worst is over but if earnings are still declining and the economy is still slowing markets continue to decline and uh, and you have to wait for an actual reversal an actual technical reversal to happen to really confirm that things have changed so this is where we are we are at the end of a short covering rally that part of the game is done as far as indian equities are concerned and we are now at the point where we need to judge do the bulls really bite going forward from here and that's uh, really going to be important now when i actually look at stock specific setups uh, some of the outperforming stocks that have been moving around recently they would actually make you feel that you know the bull market has not ended but simultaneously there are other stocks that have fallen a lot some have become oversold and they would look like they are really bottoming now both are bullish uh, type of uh, scenarios that can develop but at the same time uh, there are some other sectors stocks places where you actually seeing weakness and not enough strength now this complete divergence and this is completely bizarre i have not seen anything you know so much deviation uh, between segments of the market and with global equities in a long long time or rather i don't know when i have really seen it in the past and so uh, this kind of deviation really puts you in a fix because which story should you really believe in should you simply go with the strength in certain parts of the market or should you be afraid of the weakness in other parts of the market and then there are these very good scenarios where you know stocks have corrected over the last year and they are at good support zones where you typically think they would bottom out and then that would be a very attractive place to really get in these are three different scenarios that we are having to deal with and then we overlay that with uh, our thinking about what Uh, world equities are doing what does the macro look like does the usd and still still look like it's going to run up and uh, the currency which is the rupee is going to weaken further our bond yield still going to rise the answer to both of those questions have still not changed which means they are yes and yes and that is a risk that uh, uh, that we are not able to completely discount in these scenarios and so how much should we really allocate and if even if we do allocate more thinking that well if the charts are giving us positive setups and we should allocate we will have to still remain on our toes because something can completely go wrong at the global level and 
so it's really going to be important you know that we get uh, that change in commentary uh, if all of that we are seeing on the charts right now has to continue to play out and if that change in commentary doesn't uh, you know show up then a uh, lot of these moves would end up being in the near term either false moves or they would be end of end of period moves which means you may have completed an, an impulse at a larger degree in time and may do some retracement of that rise that we have seen in the strong stocks over the last 6-8 months and at the same time those uh, which have really weakened well unfortunately if they don't rally then they would continue to remain weekends of the market so that's a really really tricky scenario and uh, but I would really uh, and I am closely watching uh, you know I think two, two segments which I've mentioned in many of my media interviews one is of course defense uh, which is a sector which doesn't appear too expensive on the face of it and on the other hand uh, has maintained its momentum against the market. The other one uh, which is truly a defensive which is pharma because uh, historically uh, sometimes in, in a weak market it has managed to hold up better. You know of course we've seen uh, pharma stocks also weaken during Y2K but sometimes in late stages of our bear market we actually see ph pharma stocks pick up you know so Given that they've had long consolidation phases and long declines, uh, that's a sec section where if, if a good setup does show up, I wouldn't mind uh, to bite. So I think that's, I think, my overall sense of what uh, the market is doing. Uh, getting cautious as we cross 18,000, but still don't have a final reversal signal, which is what we would really wait for. And once we get that, then we know that we have a good setup for the downside. Next uh, week or two, uh, all the information flow should give us greater confidence in terms of what to think about uh, the global equities and micro situation as well. And that would sort of help us get an overall concluded picture of uh, what to expect from equities uh, going forward from here. So that's, um, uh, that's what we're going to be doing. And that's all in this podcast for today. Thank you. Nothing in this podcast is investment advice. Views on financial markets are in good faith to expand your understanding of how markets work. Please consult a registered financial advisor for the same. And yes, please share this podcast with everyone you think can benefit from this knowledge.